It's my joy to introduce to you this morning, Michelle Conway. She's a parishioner here at Sun Creek. I'm so glad that you've uh, agreed to come and visit with me a little bit as we think about the first Sunday of Advent and how the text leads us to think that the Advent story is a story about the future. So you're a teacher. That's right. Where do you teach? I teach at Renner Middle School in Plano ISD. And you teach what grade? I teach 6th, 7th, and 8th grade this year. I'm an English teacher and I'm also the yearbook teacher. Um, so I have a mixture of all grade levels. And it seems to me that teachers are people who tend to think a little bit more about the future than most folks because you're preparing people for the future. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I would think that is incredibly accurate. The, we are the molders of the next generation. They are just starting to kind of figure out who they are, what they believe, and what they think. And I think it's really important to have strong teachers and strong role models at this point in their life. I myself had some really great teachers as a middle school student and that was a large part of what inspired me to specifically become a middle school teacher myself is I kind of wanted to pass that on in the same way that I had some great teachers influence my life. I wanted to then influence others' lives as well. Well, in our uh, scripture text for today, uh, it is a vision of the future that God gives the people to help them in a very difficult time. Have you found that it's helpful for an individual to have a guiding vision of the future to help them get to the place they want to be in their life? I think that is really important and setting some kind of end goal or you know something that you are striving for that's what creates an internal motivation for you to make the right kinds of decisions to make decisions even sometimes. Um, and so I think it's really important for us to keep in mind that end goal, that finish line of what am I, what am I reaching for? Well, that sounds like the Advent season as we move in preparation toward Christmas and the season of Christmas, that there is a vision that God gives the people and we wait and we prepare for that. Where are the places in that story of this season where you find helpful for your own uh, walk with God and with your own plans for your future, being who God's calling you to be? I think a lot of my personal connection to the Advent story is the, the waiting. The, we receive the message and the, the various prophets from the Old Testament who speak about the coming Messiah. And there's, there's a a, a large gap of time between when those prophets spoke and when when Jesus actually came to earth yes. um, and so this this period of waiting and hoping and dreaming I think um, is very uh, uh, much a personal connection for me um, at least at this point in my life I'm waiting for things to happen kind of the next step um, and so just keeping in mind that Waiting doesn't have to be a negative thing. That waiting yes. needs to be positive and remembering that God keeps me in his heart and in his mind. That God has a plan for me. And my only job is to wait expectantly with a welcome heart. 
Well said. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story as we share the story of this season. Thank you so much. God bless you, Michelle. You're welcome. Thank you. my little friends to go to Sunday school this morning. I look forward to visiting with you again next week. Would you stand as we hear the text for this day from Isaiah chapter 2, 1 through 5. A story of the future. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Years ago I had a um, friend he worked hard. He worked for the post office. He had two little children and a wife and a home. And one day he just decided he was going to seize the future. So he took some money out of their savings account and he went and said, I'm going to make a lot of money in the stock market. And he bought all in on Braniff Airlines. And his wife would tell this story and I would just laugh till I had tears coming down my face. She'd get to that part and I'd say, but that happened to a lot of people. That could happen to anybody. She goes, no, that's not the end of the story, Barry. When they decided to try again, he went all in on them again. So he was the one person who lost his shirt both times that company went out of business. And he would jump in and say, but I'm just trying to seize the future. And she would look at him and say, I wish you would leave our future well enough alone for a while. But people of faith can't leave the future well enough alone because the story of God's love is always the story of the past and the present and the future. It's all one in the story of God's great love for us. The symbols that surround us during this season at church, at home, and in the community speak to this nature of the story we tell this time of year. The evergreens, the trees, remind us that life endures and continues through all the seasons, the springs and the winters, the life and the death. These symbols took particular uh, meaning to me. 
yesterday is in this sanctuary, we celebrated a memorial service for Kitty Chandler, a great saint of God. Reminded us that the story of God's love and the story of God being a part of her life didn't end. It continues on. The circular reads remind us there's no beginning and no end to God's love and God's work at trying to reach us with that love. The lights and the candles speak to us the wonderful truth that the light that God brought into the world never has been and never will be extinguished by the darkness, no matter how dire circumstances may seem. And even the chrismons on our tree, symbols both ancient and new, that remind us that the story of God reaching out in love to creation is an unbroken story from the furthest reaches of memory to this very moment, in this very room, in our very Well, the people of faith that we join during this Advent journey, the people whom Isaiah shared these words first, were people who knew how hard it could be to envision a future that was bright or hopeful. The people had been defeated. They'd been conquered. Then they'd been exiled. They had been taken from their families, from their homes, from their lands, from their culture, from their religion. Their life was best described as hopelessness and despair. And yet it was into that darkness God gives this vision of the future through the prophet Isaiah. And what a powerful, beautiful future it is. It's a future where all people share only one desire, and that is to know God and to walk in God's way. It's a vision of a future where the just judge, God, arbitrates all conflict and disagreement in peace. Isaiah gives the vision of a future where swords are beat into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks and there's no more carnage of war and fear of war and violence of war. It's a future where all people, no matter who they are, where they're from, what their story is, all people walk in the light of the Lord. That is the vision Isaiah gave the people. Gene Tucker, a great Old Testament scholar who taught for many years at Pastor Milton's alma mater, Candler School of Theology, he says when we read these verses from Isaiah, we miss the point if we read them as a prediction So we need to read them as an affirmation of the future. An affirmation, a statement of faith 
that history will ultimately reach its goal and the goal of all God's work throughout all history is to bring about the reign of God in every heart and in every land and in every home. This isn't a prediction. This is an affirmation that this isn't only the future God desires. This is the future God is bringing to pass. And that's why the story that we share throughout these weeks leading up to Christmas is a story of the future. It's beautiful news to us, isn't it? Isaiah is telling us that no matter how troubled our past, no matter how hopeless our present may seem. We have a bright future that God will bring to pass. We may not see it, our life may not look like it, the world may not look like anything's happening, but God is at work. And this future is sure. We're invited into this future now. We're invited to help build this future by embracing the reign of God in our hearts and in our life right now. We're invited to contribute to this future by the choices we make and by the people we are. We don't wait passively for this future to come to pass. We wait actively. We work to let God's reign flow through us into others and through others into this world. Like Michelle said so beautifully on our video, waiting isn't a negative thing when we wait with an expectant and welcoming heart for what God has next for us. That's what the Advent season is all about. We come to this table in a moment, this place where we remember how God has brought the past of what has already been done into our present moment, how in Jesus Christ we can experience the reign of God in our lives and in our hearts. But it also is a reminder that we look forward to the day in the words of the communion liturgy, that day when we all are together again at the heavenly banquet, when Isaiah's vision is fulfilled. So as we come down these aisles in a moment to begin our Advent journey together, I urge you to give your past over to God's grace and healing, whatever it is you need forgiveness for, whatever it is you need healing from. I urge you to live this moment fully in the presence of God. And I urge you to embrace the wonderful good news that you 
future. And that future is glorious in the love of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.